live from the ESPN 690 and Atari Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. I mean, definitely. I mean, look at look at the impact across the league that these young quarterbacks are having. Um, and, and, and with Trevor, he has that he has that talent. He has that um, that ability. Um, even just, I've been a big fan of him through college, and, and I know he went through a lot last year. And for him to be able to to be a leader here and, and, and make an impact that he did, um, that 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 stands out to me. So um, that was another big decision playing with playing with a young quarterback, a big quarterback that I come in and relate to and build a relationship with. And, um, and, and, and uh, transfer that relationship uh, to success on the field. I believe that's Christian Kirk once again as we get familiar with his voice and hopefully uh, for the next few years one of the stars of this offense for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Brent Martin, Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz, football at five here on a Thursday. NCAA tournament has uh, started. We'll give you uh, some of the scores in just a moment. Also, uh, follow along on your own bracket if you filled it out on ESPN 690. Dot com. Casey says we still have a few perfect brackets uh, here in the early going, so that's good. Perfect bracket wins a million dollars on ESPN690.com. While you're over there, you can purchase the Dream 18 card. Also vote for our female athlete of the week until Sunday night. So a uh, lot to do right now on ESPN690.com. Christian Kirk, what does he have to do, guys, to live up to the contract? Like, what does that mean? Uh, yeah, he got overpaid. They bought into potential. They might have had to overpay. It's a weapon for Trevor Lawrence, but what does a $17 million over a year look like from a statistical standpoint for the Jags? Yeah, you know, I, I don't even want to necessarily compare it like to around the league of like who he has to play up into his their abilities, but I think in comparison, it has to be, I guess, statistically Christian Kirk's best year. So I think what the goal should be is that it has to be at least 80 receptions. It has to be at least over 1,000 yards receiving. And I think from a touchdown standpoint, you look at what the numbers that he's put up, his, his best, um, his career high would have been back in 2020 at six touchdowns. I'm going to need to see at least eight, um, if, if we're being truthful here. Um, if he can reach those numbers or come very close to those numbers, I won't be complaining. Do me a favor and look this up, guys, if you will. You don't have to look up Allen Robinson, but somebody look up uh, DJ Chark's second year and give me the stats on him. See, Allen Robinson had uh, 14 touchdowns and I think 1,400 yards in that big year that he had. Allen Hearns for the Jacksonville Jaguars had a 1,000-yard receiving year as well with 10 touchdowns in 2015. That one was 64 catches. So uh, those guys both delivered big time, over 1,000-yard seasons back in 15, 60-plus uh, catches, and each in double-digit touchdowns. Those were two of the best receiving years the Jacksonville Jaguars had had. In fact, those were the first 1,000-yard receiving years for a receiver in a Jacksonville Jaguars uniform since Jimmy Smith back in 2005. It had been a decade. In this day and age in the NFL, it had been a decade since the Jacksonville Jaguars had had a 1,000-yard receiver. Uh, and I think DJ Chark then was the next one to do it. I don't know if you got his numbers um, yeah, from year two. What do you got on DJ? So that second year was really his first year because the first year all he did was play special teams, only had 14 catches. But the second year of his career, he had 73 catches for 1,008 yards and eight touchdowns. Okay, so I think uh, yardage-wise you'd like to see more. So I, I kind of agree with you, Austin. I think, like, if you're 
75, 80 catches mm -hmm. or more. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're really probably got to be, in my estimation, more toward the 1,200-yard range. Yep. But I guess anything over 1,000 yards would probably look similar. But I'm thinking more like 1,200 yards. And I think you're looking at a guy that needs to catch 8 to 10 touchdowns for the Jacksonville Jaguars in 2022 to validate that kind of contract. And by the way, I don't think it's like out of the realm of possibility to say he should probably even do more than that. But I think that, like you said, would be his best year, would show signs of growth coming off this past year for Christian Kirk. And if you start looking at it in the landscape of the Jacksonville Jaguars, now you've got that DJ Chark kind of year, maybe even better. The Hearns kind of year, maybe even better. Allen Robinson uh, was really a standout year. And so you're looking to become the fourth wide receiver since Jimmy Smith to get over 1,000 yards and have that kind of production in a Jacksonville Jaguars offense. So I think uh, those kind of numbers would, would be very good for Christian Kirk. Now, albeit we're in a 17-game season now, right? Yeah, so you got to yeah. factor that in a little bit. Um, but uh, those kind of numbers to me would look pretty good on paper if we're looking in January of 2023 and back on Christian Kirk's first year with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Absolutely. You know, I, I think uh, Trent Baalke really said it himself. You know, I mean – it's not going to be an issue of the money we're, we're complaining if he does what they expect him to do. Um, yeah, you're, you're rolling the dice, obviously. You're, you're taking a gamble, but I think your confidence has to be in Trevor Lawrence in this, this offense. And, and to me, really, the productivity of Christian Kirk, and we can echo this later in terms of what do the Jaguars have to draft here now that free agency's kind of been, you know, it's presented itself. You kind of know what you're getting into. I mean, Christian Kirk right now on this roster, you have Christian Kirk... You have Zay Jones, you have Marvin Jones, you have LaVisca Chenault. If we're going off of last year and what we saw from these guys, yeah, Christian Kirk has the ability to scare you. I mean, if I'm watching tape from last year and I'm a defensive coordinator, I'm not saying, you know, Marvin Jones is a game wrecker. I'm simply not saying that. Now, he, he has shown that in the past, for sure. But this past season, you can't say that. This past year, LaVisca Chenault, you can't say that. You know, Zay Jones, deep threat speed, okay. But, you know, uh, once again, I'm not, not, I'm not putting game record next to any of those guys. So, to me, to really maximize the contract, which is Christian Kirk, and maximize the on-the-field play, yeah, maybe Marvin Jones steps up. Maybe LaVisca Chanel just had a really, really off year last year. But to me, it also comes in the draft of maybe taking some pressure off Christian Kirk. Because if I'm any defensive coordinator right now, yeah, you got to stop James Robinson. You got to stop Travis Etienne. I get all that, right? But it's Doug Peterson, right? He's got to throw some wrinkles at you. Well, you got to stop Christian Kirk. You stop Christian Kirk yeah. and, and make LaVisca Chenault or Marvin Jones or Zay Jones beat you, I can live with that. But I'm not going to live with, with Christian Kirk beating me. So that's why I think in the draft, I get it. You have some other needs to fill right now, and I, I understand that. But I think wide receiver still has to be a top priority in taking some pressure off of Christian Kirk. Yeah, and, and if the Jaguars do have these guys perform, they've got some interesting matchup problems. So Christian Kirk can go all over the place. Uh, LaVisca can be a very tough matchup. ETN can be in the backfield or, or split out, uh, where I thought they would use him a lot in his rookie season if he was healthy. And it'll be interesting to see if they value Jamal Agnew in some sense on offense, because quite honestly, <laughs> the Jaguars' offense got the most creative and kind of fun to watch when Jamal Agnew was a part of it. Uh, now, I'm not going to sit here and put a lot of eggs in the Jamal Agnew basket, but I'm just telling like, from a wrinkle standpoint, well, and then you add in a Dan Arnold and an Ingram, and now you have a threat at tight end at the very least. Uh, this offense could be pretty fun. How does Doug Peterson look at that? And, and then who's – you're still going to make – you're still going to be a star, though. 
and that's what we're getting at back to with Christian Kirk. He's got to be the star of the offense. If somebody else emerges, see, in 2015, Allen Robinson was the star of the offense from a receiving standpoint. Allen Hearns was super complimentary. And by the way, ends up earning like a four-year, $40 million deal from the Jags mm-hmm. uh, in, in much part because of that year and what he could do. So it, you can have multiple guys. We can see it all across the league. You have multiple guys perform well. It would be a heck of a time for a guy like LaVisca Chenault to have a bounce-back year for the Jacksonville Jaguars. It would be great to see tight ends involved and heavily involved like they were in Peterson's offense in his Super Bowl year run. It would be great to see ETN in the flat catching a screen pass and going 65 yards. So, like, these things you can now envision in the offense, uh, which is, is is fantastic. I think it gives them some options. And we're going to talk about that draft in a moment. I want to uh, – Sean, appreciate this. He jumped in and shared a, a comparison, Kirk and DJ Chark. Uh, Kirk, in his career – by the way, they both came in the league same year. Uh, 236 catches versus 147 for um, DJ. So we're looking at, what's that, quick math, of almost 90 more catches in his uh, time in four years. A lot of uh, DJ, of course, he was hurt uh, this last season. Yeah. Yards-wise, almost 1,000 more yards. Average, uh, DJ had about a yard and a half more average per catch. Touchdown-wise, 17 to 15. So um, there's a little sense of the DJ chart. Here's the difference, and one of the reasons they weren't so sure on DJ is DJ's best year came in year two, and then it kind of flattened out or actually declined. Uh, really declined. It didn't flatten out. They kind of wish it did flatten out like year two. Christian Kirk just kept sending, yeah. and that's why they're willing to buy into what Christian Kirk could be. So I think it's circumstance more than anything, and he did end up having more production, including staying healthy. So you just let us into a conversation, Austin, about this free agency. They had defensive tackle, linebacker, cornerback. They do re-sign Trey Herndon as well. They go offensive line. They uh, Will Richardson signed back. Ty Shatley signed back. Um, they go receiver, receiver. They have running backs coming off injury. They have their quarterback. They add tight end to go along with a group that they already have invested in a little bit. Where does this leave holes for the Jacksonville Jaguars when it comes to the draft in late April? What jumps out at you outside of pass rusher because we feel like they're yeah. going there with number one, right? Yeah. So let's just lock Hutchinson or Thibodeau into number one. So start this draft at 33. And where are the Jags going and saying, we need some help where? Yeah, I mean, I think in terms of depth of what this draft class looks like, you absolutely have to take the wide receiver at 33. You know, I mean, assuming that there's no trading down or trade, whatever the case may be, I think if the draft stays the same and the Jaguars pick 33, I'm taking a very strong, hard look at the wide receiver position because there's guaranteed to be a guy that could be a difference maker there. So on the offensive side, you feel like their biggest hole is still that that X factor or a complementary with Kirk wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, like I, I see that. Like I think tight ends are, will eventually be addressed as well. You know, I mean, I, I'm not really sure like what Luke Farrell um, is going to be able to bring to the table in the future. You got Dan Arnold, you got Evan Ingram, two solid vets. I like that, but you, I think you can still improve that position. And I think tight end down the line wouldn't be a bad move. Offensive line, you know, depending on how everything shakes out here at the rest of free agency, do they get any depth there? I mean, you can definitely get some depth as well at offensive line. But what it comes down to, to me, is is the weapon priority of Trevor Lawrence. And I think that that 33rd pick should definitely be a wide receiver. 
Yeah, okay, so 33 wide receiver, uh, I think nobody would blink an eye on that. They'd love that. And by the way, like the few, if you look at this, uh, you, you could tell me, hey, Brent, wait a minute. They've got Marvin. They've got LaVisca. They've got uh, Zay Jones now. They've got Christian Kirk. Uh, they even have a guy like Jamal Agnew who can do some things at the wide receiver position. You're telling me they need another guy, like another one? And we would say yes because they need a game breaker. And I'd also say I think the book is very much unwritten now on LaVisca Chenault, he has really opened the door to say, okay, who is this guy? Is he going to be a good player for them, or is he going to be an inconsistent player, or is he going to disappoint? My feeling is LaVisca Chenault's most disappointing player of 2021. I thought he was the most disappointing player, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Marvin Jones, you know as you look ahead to 2023, he's done. He's not going to be a part of the Jags organization after this year. And so you could say LaVisca and Jones, potentially, are not going to be a part of the organization. Well, then, you need to start developing and drafting and finding more receivers. You can never have enough of them. So that's why receiver at 33, in my opinion, you could still get a stud, but you also need to really start carving out some depth as you look down the way uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I'm just not sure you can fully rely on guys like Jones and Chenault at this stage coming off what they did a year ago. After that, Austin, I would say the shift goes to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, I think you can, by the way, they've got 456 round picks, which I don't know why they didn't trade all of them for Amari Cooper. But, uh, like, uh, they, so they're going to go pick up a running back there, right? Like, they'll get a running back. So, like, I I think they'll do that. I think they'll get receiver. But then outside, see, I'm not sure they will add much depth on the offensive line. Maybe they will. Maybe with with one of those kind of picks or a mid-round pick. But I think their attention goes to the defense. They're pretty covered up now with corners, but they probably could add safety depth. They could still later in the draft add corner depth, but I think their most immediate need turns to that defensive line, whether it's pass rusher or um, defensive tackle, and still try to compile those guys and and find studs in those positions because, in my estimation, they still don't have enough of them. No, absolutely. And, you know, we've talked about all the time on the show, Doug Peterson loves to get guys in the trenches. So uh, I could definitely foresee, like, yes, running back is going to be a need, but, you know, I mean – that doesn't come till much later in the draft, and I'm okay with that because there's uh, – and I don't like to use the word value all the time in talking about draft picks, but you can get a dependable guy later on in the draft at the, at the running back spot. I mean, and this is you assuming that Travis Etienne or James Robinson, one of those guys should come back full strength and be able to help the team, and hopefully the other one can follow suit as well. You look at the offensive line, I mean – yeah, there's always room for for upgrades there as well. I mean, guard could definitely be a play there, I feel like. I mean, your tackles, uh, I think, are kind of short up now. I mean, that, Walker Little and Juwan Taylor, we'll see. But, you know, tackles, I think, are okay with Cam Robinson now. We'll see with the new contract if he gets that. But interior defensive line is definitely going to be a question. You know, I think they stick with the interior um, in the higher picks, whether it's the third or fourth round, just because, you know, you, you get to spend a draft pick – on your edge, the, the first overall pick, I don't know if you're going to double dip in the first, you know, three or four rounds. So I can definitely see interior defensive line also being a necessity here in the draft. Yeah, and by the way, to your point, you know, the Jags actually have, I think, some depth at the edge. They have Smooth. They have Chase on, where they're not going to just cut ties with. They're going to give them a chance. But they also probably aren't – you're you're not – you're not elevating your defense if they're your stud guys, right? If they're sure. the guys you're counting on. Josh Allen, Aiden Hutchinson, let's just say, and then you throw in the Smoots and, and, and Chasons, well, now you feel pretty good. You feel better. 
defensive tackle. I still don't know how they feel about Devon Hamilton and others. And then they obviously just had uh, Fadakasi here in the free agency, which they, they love. And so, I, again, I think you're right. I think defensive tackle is a big spot for them. Uh, let me ask you one spinoff question to this. There are a few guys still out there uh, in free agency that are, are big, I mean, bigger names. Like, I mean, like a Cole Beasley. The Jags aren't going to be interested in a guy like that. The Buffalo Bills um, uh, let him go today. But Collins from Dallas, who, who they're letting go, mm-hmm. should the Jags have interest on the offensive line? Can they afford, would they want to add him, move him around, or maybe then make a move with a lender or somebody like that to free up money? Is that an improvement? Is that somewhere the Jags should get? Yeah, you know, to me, Collins is definitely a guy that, because he, he can play either left or right. So he's intriguing, but then it begs the question of, then what do you do with Cam Robinson? What is the plan with Walker Little and Juwan Taylor? You know, so depending on what the price tag is with Collins, I feel it could be just a little bit of overkill um, in terms of what he would ask, then in terms of what the depth would look like. So, I mean, he's a great player, don't get me wrong. I just, I'm not sure if the plan is to sign Cam Robinson, how you're going to swing Collins as well then. You know, I mean, I, I, yeah. I, I could see them going, hey, Cam, you know, we're going to rescind that franchise tag and bring in Collins. And okay, maybe that makes a little more sense. But I don't see them keeping Cam and then getting Collins as well. Yeah, I, 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 I tend to agree with you there, Austin. I, I understand that the Jags have money, the Jags could do a lot, but you're, Cam Robinson's your left tackle. You yeah. basically determine that. You franchise him that. You're looking to extend him. He's your left tackle. Brennan Scherf is your right tackle, and that's locked in. Mm-hmm. Now, they said some nice things yesterday about Jawan Taylor. I'm not so sure about that, and I'm not locking in that position, but you could have a battle with Walker Little, and I still think Walker Little needs to be a part of this this offensive line in some way, or Trent Baalke and staff messed up last year by taking him in the second round. You don't take a second-round, 45th overall pick depth play at offensive line. So um, they're telling on themselves if Walker Little isn't some part of this. So, And I still like Linder. I know others are a little down on Linder. I like Linder. And, and I don't know how they feel about Ben Barch, but I'm okay with Barch, and then they can compete with a bunch of different people if you need them. I'm, I'm kind of on your train here where it's like, okay, yeah, Collins sounds nice. It would be nice. But are you really muddying up and, and overkilling the position? Yeah. Do you need to do it? Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and truth be told, if we're not having a conversation, I mean, okay, that's cool if you uh, like Juwan Taylor, if you're trying to hype him up a little bit, give him confidence, so be it. But if we're not having a conversation, I feel like during training camp of the battle between Walker Little and Juwan Taylor, then what are we doing? You know, honestly. Yeah. Then, then that, uh, I don't care how good free agency went, then I'm going back to Trent Baalke and saying, well, then what was the point of Walker Little? Honestly. Like you don't, you, yeah, don't and, you don't take a guy that high, and I get it. Like he, he needed a year because you know he said a year of college. Okay, that's fine. I'm cool with it. He comes in, performs well against some pretty good teams. Okay, if he's not in the conversation of of a training camp battle, then I really don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And by the way, like if I'm willing to listen to Trent Baalke tell me that Urban Meyer picked Etn and Tyson Campbell, I'm less willing to say that Urban Meyer picked Walker Little. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know what, I, what he would run, like, what he run the 40-yard dash in. It wasn't because of speed he got him, so I don't know why Urban Meyer would go out of his way to get Walker Little. Well, and by the way, like, my criticism of Bulky would then be like, all right, listen, I understand Urban was had a lot of control, but you're supposed to lead the way here, mm-hmm. you know? 
I mean, you're supposed to still help. Like, you're the GM. Like, the, that year goes on your record and your book. So, um, yeah, it'll be very interesting to see. I still think Walker Little is a fascinating part of this whole thing. Uh, and I, I actually related it to if they picked Evan Neal at number one. But now that they bring Cam Robinson back, I still think he's a fascinating part of how he fits into their plans on the offensive line as a second-round pick last year. Who, by the way, comes with upside is, is see, and seemed to perform well in a small sample uh, last year. Let's get uh, Captain Rick on right now, Florida Sportsman Fishing Report. Captain Rick Riles, what's happening here on a Thursday? Uh, hey, Brad, how are you? We're doing fantastic. Do we have any... Do we have any gator sightings today? No, it's not a little quiet on the gator front. You know what concerns me? You know that cat that we've got that hangs around the studio all the time, looks like a bobcat, got no tail? Yes. He's in there a minimum, because we used to broadcast him there in the old FXJ days. I wonder if he disappeared. So I can confirm that I saw the cat two days ago, but that was two days ago. <laughs> That's it. Okay. For the longest time, there was a young bobcat. But just... All right, let's talk your yeah. day today. Uh, most of it bottom fishing. The trolling boats aren't home yet. Well, they didn't bite at all because everybody bottom fish bit quite well, Captain Chase. On the Jody Lynn was out in 21. It is a good day on trigger fish and caught a couple of bass. A good day. Captain Robert Simon had a good round of sea bass and vermilions and one nice amberjack, only about 25 miles off the beach. So there. If you find uh, a hole in the creeks, Back in the deeper water that uh, that you'll do quite well with redfish. So, you, now it looks like another pretty day tomorrow. You can count on another fishing report brought to you by Work Fix Plumbing and CS Landscaping. Thanks, Captain Rick. Uh, well. Thanks for uh, hanging in there through Captain Rick there. We're obviously breaking up a little bit, at least on my end. But yeah. uh, we're holding on. Hope that he Sounds can like the bottom there. fish are going wild today is what I gathered. <laughs> yeah, that's what it sounds like. It's good, it's good I was enough. like, okay, okay, should I cut him off? Is he coming back? He's coming back. Yeah. No, he's not. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we appreciate you. Uh, you know how that works sometimes with the phones. He might be out on the water. Who knows? Uh, so I will tell you. You know what? I'll tell you something real quick. I've been on the west coast of Florida all week, and I just told Steph this and, and my mother-in-law is like the cell service on this side is way worse than it is on where we live. Huh. Like I've had cell problems cell service problems like with my phone all week. From Clearwater to Tampa to here. I don't understand why. Weird. Weird, man, for sure. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Can you hear me now? <laughs> uh all right, hey, we give you an update. We might have an upset in uh, the NCAA tournament, <laughs> so we'll give you an update laughing at bracket. Him. Big Ten champs my butt. <laughs> we'll be back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. We'll quiet all those Iowa fans yeah, in Jacksonville. Quiet them down a little bit. Yeah, golly. Don't we'll reality coming ESPN at you. 690. Hey. Happy St. Patrick's Day to everyone here. And you notice Paul's shot went in at 12.02 on St. Patrick's Day. So maybe there was a little bit of karma there. If there's a better game in the NSA tournament, I got to see it. 
That was an unbelievable college basketball game. And they're really good and tough and fearless. And I'm really proud of our group because we just kept hanging in. That is Mike Bray, coach at Notre Dame, and he ain't lying. Do you guys catch that game? You probably did in Austin. You got to get up early. But uh, yeah. that was that was a heck of a basketball game last night. Double overtime, Notre Dame. I mean, you know what's interesting? I watched a little bit of the early games, too, the Michigan game especially. A lot of times you can criticize college basketball for uh, maybe their lack of ability to score, like, you know, especially if you like the NBA. And some of the easy shots that go in the NBA don't go in college. And, uh, it can get really bogged down. I thought the shot-making last night in that Notre Dame game, Rutgers game, and then this one uh, earlier today in Michigan, and that's the one I watched probably the most of it, even the Providence game uh, at times, but that was a little less scoring. I thought the shot-making was terrific. Like, wow. Uh, it was a heck of a way to start the NCAA tournament in uh, in that regard. One thing you notice about some of these guys, and we must have said about ten different times watching these games uh, today especially, is they can really put their foot on the gas, Austin, but they don't play under control sometimes. These real fast, like, point guards especially, mm. they just, like, are out of control. And if they would just settle down, they almost trying to make too much happen. And I can't – I can, I'm telling you, it was like five or ten times that the point guard went so hard to the lane that he just fell down over himself. <laughs> no, I hear like, you, man. It's, I mean, slow it's, down, buddy. No, for sure. I just think – Especially in the opening round, you know, it, there's those tournament nerves. I mean, you're on, uh, you know, you're on the big stage and everything. So I'm, I'm sure some emotion goes through you, um, and sometimes you don't play within yourself. Yeah. So uh, hey, the biggest upset so far. Yep. Get them out. Is, is Richmond. Yep. Over Iowa. I mean, so there are times we live in Jacksonville, and I feel like Iowa's like 20 miles away. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, that's how many Iowa fans. fans come out of the woodwork. For oh, sure. Oh, my gosh, it's amazing. It's like everybody's got a tie to Iowa. Yeah. No, and, I mean, I, well, I, I, I literally driving here, Brent, I saw, like, a Hawkeye sticker, like, on, on, in the car in front of me. Well, it was probably Boris or Bachman. They're both Iowa connections. It could have been, but they didn't pull in the – I mean, you know, they, they were going where I was going, so maybe they were leaving or something. But, yeah, it's insane. So, anyway, um, that is – What is a Hawkeye, bad by news the way? For Iowa. Is that actually like a bird? I think it is. I mean, is there a bird called a hawk eye, or are we referring to just the hawk's eyes? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's a good call. I mean, uh, I think there. I believe there's a bird called the hawk eye. I hope I there's a bird. Casey may do the research. I, I hope there, there's a bird called the hawk eye. Because if, if their whole mascot is based off just, you know, a part of the body part of, of an animal, pretty lame. Like, we, <laughs> we don't call it, like, the, you know, the Wisconsin badger teeth. You're 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 not going to call it the Michigan Wolverine noses. So then, why would you call it the Hawkeyes? Yeah. So Jason hit me with it. Yeah, I well, thought called the Buckeyes. Yeah, yeah. But you know, they, yeah, that's a good point. I thought this whole time they were doing it off Jeremy Renner, just trying to do that. But, I like that. Nice, uh, nice as reference. it turns out, when you type in Hawkeye animal, it's just close-ups on the hawk's eye. So. so you mean to tell me the entire university is built on a body part of an animal? It's looking that way. If we trivia questioned this, would there be anybody else like it? Hawkeye bird. No, it just says no, hawk. It just says, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the same thing here. Yeah. Well, that's pretty well, stupid. Well, how lame is that? Yeah. Get, get, <laughs> get John Bachman on the phone. Wait, hang on. Here we, go. we do not know if a hawk... Hold up. 
Hawkeye. Ah, is a Hawkeye a real bird? <laughs> Most asked question, of course, because I'm not the first one to think of this. Sorry, Brett, the Wi-Fi is going a little slow. We got to... Yeah, tell you what. It's okay. Uh, yeah. Listen, we, you never know we're going to lay down. Here's what... You know what my thoughts... Because I'm, I'm down here in Southwest Florida doing the show, so I'm not in studio with you guys. And as we're in mid-conversation... Austin says, Casey, research that. And all I can picture is Casey, like, hands up in the air, like, what do you mean you want me, what do you want me to do about this? <laughs> He's really good at finding, like, stats. I mean, hey, if you want to know quarterback rating, the the war of a baseball player, I think, I think that's the correct term, the that's war it, of a yeah. bit. Yep. I mean, Casey <laughs> delivers the heat real quick. Real quick. Now, I can tell you there's Hawkeye bird and animal control in West Palm Beach to get rid of birds. Yeah, but is that just the name of the company, or is that actually the animal? No, I'm telling you it's the name of the company. So I'm okay, saying, yeah. like, other people do this, but I don't think there's an actual Hawkeye. There is not a there is not an animal called a Hawkeye. Ooh, not too good reviews on Yelp either for these people. Right? Hey, 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 money, Mike Birch. <laughs> this your team? Is this the team? Money, Mike? Uh, get... This the team? <sighs> Little Noah? Noah, man. sorry, man. Oh, Noah, too? Yeah, it's Noah's team. He's an the, Iowa guy. The, this is a team. Just call them the Hawks. What's so cool about the eyes? Uh, meanwhile, check your brackets because Richmond just beat the Iowa Hawks eyes. Yeah. Or Hawks eyes <laughs> or Hawk eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Richmond beat them. That's a 12-5 win. Hate me in that 5-12. Oh. oh, that hasn't played out as much lately, but it does today. To open the tournament. Ho you just said, oh. Yeah, hold on. So I found this. The University of Iowa borrowed its athletic nickname from the state of Iowa many years ago. The name Hawkeye was originally applied to be a hero in a fictional novel, The Last of the... Uh, the Last of Something, written by James Mohicans? Fillmore Cooper. Yeah, that's it. Mohicans? Last of Mohicans. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's a, it's a fictional hero in a novel, is a Hawkeye. Wait, so it's like more of like a... Like a Native American thing. I don't know what the last of the Mohicans is. Yeah, it's Native Americans. Yeah, but it's it definitely is. not Starring a bird is what we're getting at. They only lose. Yeah, it's not a bird, though. It's a hero in a okay. fictional novel. Yeah, but it's I, I think it's like a tribe, though. So, okay. I guess that makes more sense. Yeah, that makes a little more sense. But uh, the, in like, Iowa? I, like, oh, I'm okay. almost thinking of it like like Wolverine, like, is in, um, obviously it's Michigan, but it's... Uh, Help me out here. X-Men? Hugh Jackman. X-Men? X yes. Yep. Yes. So, like, what are those called? Marvel, right? Yep. Okay, that Brent. Yeah. Okay. What yeah, are yeah. those called? I so, see you. So, why, so then what I would say is, like, why isn't, like, Hawkeye in the in a Marvel? He well, that's, is, bro. That's what I started the that's whole conversation what, That's why Casey said Jeremy Renner. Oh, he, oh, okay. Yeah, See, I yeah. didn't pick that up. No, I, hey, yeah. easy, easy, Casey. Easy. Casey Me Casey. coming up with Marvel yeah. alone is a win, all right? Hey, man, you just can't throw Brent in the waters like that. You got to casually kind of push him in, okay? All right. Yeah. So, okay, so he, so Hawkeye is in the Marvel. Yes. Yes, yes. Hawkeye is the guy with the, He's the, the, the bow and arrow. He's Jeremy Renner. Yep. He, he, sh okay, he shoots the bow you. and arrows. Kind of boring, you. you know, like not not really a superpower. But got his own TV show, though. You but know he got his own TV show, so. But like Who the thing is, like, yeah. So the Wolverine. What else is in there? Anything else out of the Big Ten? We're talking about. We're talking about. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> like, 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 why didn't Marvel go with the Buckeye? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, we think about the Big Ten does have some like you're you're named after a nut. You know the hawk. Uh, I mean the the buck. Thank you, Casey. Getting confused now. Yeah, you know they have to a nut on a tree. Like that's not really intimidating anybody either. 
<laughs> Big Ten, set your games up. Like, what are, you, what are we doing here, guys? I'll tell you what, the Brett Badger, hey, those Badgers, though, now. Hey. Man, the Badgers, right? like, Wolverine, yeah, like Wolverine is an Tom. animal, though. Oh, yeah. Right? Rabid Wolverine. Like, so that's the thing. Like, you would think Hawkeye was an animal. I guess that's what we're all getting at, but it, it wasn't. Yeah, and especially, like, if your logo is, a, like, a hawk, you think that would be a real animal. But it's got nothing to yeah. do with that. Mascot is yeah, alive. Wow. That, yeah, that, that, that mascot's a fraud, just like their college basketball team. Way to go, Kirky <laughs> the Hawk. Yeah, I said it, too. I don't care. I'm not your bro. I don't care. Yeah, I mean, listen, I have some, I have some friends that coach that football team. The football team I feel differently about. Their basketball team can kick rocks as far as I'm concerned. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Richmond beats Iowa 67-63. Tennessee uh, crushes Longwood 88-56. Yeah, I think Tennessee's dangerous in this tournament. Baylor beats up Norfolk State. Memphis beats Boise State. That's that 8-9 game. I got that one wrong. I don't know about you guys. I got Providence right. oh, wins I it all over wrong. South Dakota. Uh, you had it wrong? I, I have everything uh, wrong, South- but yeah. Oh, you have everything wrong. Oh, yeah. I'm you had, so you had Providence losing, didn't you, you son yeah, of a gun? You better buy it. Providence yeah. going to Sweet 16. <laughs> oh, you have you have Providence or uh, South no, Dakota no, I'm State? I'm sorry. South Dakota State going to Sweet 16. No, yeah, sorry. Well, I just yeah. want to let you know now. I could easily – Murray State's an underdog tonight, and I'm not picking those San Francisco Dons. I'm picking Murray State. I'm picking the Racers. Oh, I know. That's a, that's a tough name, though, the Dons. Well, you could have, you know – yeah, I mean, you could have you helped out a Providence guy here. Showing a little support. Instead, you went South Dakota State Jackrabbits. Yeah. Just because all the research we've done on the Jackrabbits in the past. Yeah, highest scoring team. 30 feet in the air. <laughs> well, that and highest scoring team in college basketball. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and drop 20 and then the first half, you bums. <laughs> you bums. Michigan beats Colorado State. Uh, Ty tells me it's, a, it's the biggest comeback in NCAA tournament in the last four years. Yep. They were down 14, and Michigan, an 11 seed, beats Colorado State. That's technically an upset. North Carolina. Oh, man, I went with Marquette. See, I was hanging with you again. I was hanging in the Wisconsin area, and I went with Marquette, and North Carolina is absolutely thumping yeah. Marquette. I didn't even pick Marquette. I knew what was up with Marquette this year. You should ask me about that one. Yeah, I, 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 I have North Marquette. Carolina going, I think, to the Sweet 16 as well. Wow. Yeah, yeah. See, I was high on North Carolina, too. Yeah. Uh, Gonzaga, this is, what is going on here, guys? Oh, I got Gonzaga as a national what. champ. 35-33. 35-33? I'll tell you what, people better start waking up in Gonzaga. That's all I'm going to say because th- it's a rude awakening right now. Georgia State, you got to be joking me. Yeah. So hey, we, Brett, went, we got quick. a 12s. Okay. Ty, did he pick Murray State? Ty, did you pick Murray State? Yes, he did. My man. Uh, he's back on your good side. Good to have you back, Ty. I mean, oh. that's been a two year, that's been oh, three years man. you haven't liked Ty. You yeah. haven't liked Ty in three years no. because he picked against Murray State. I'm a big Kaylee fan. I, I support her in, <laughs> in all her endeavors and pitching and everything. Ty, I can care yeah. less about, but Ty, welcome back to the team. Good to yeah, have you back. Yeah, you were applauding Ty's errors a couple weeks ago. Meanwhile, you're just you're fist pumping <laughs> every time Kaylee whoa. strikes somebody out. Whoa, but whoa, now, whoa. now Ty comes up, gets a big hit the other night, and now you're back on the train <laughs> just because he picked Murray State. So there we go. But you can't. Wow. Fred, I'm not. Okay. But please l- let the people know I'm not rooting against your son uh, on his playing uh, on the baseball field. That's a little messed up, man. Come on yeah, now. Well, that's all right. Man. Just all right. reality. I mean, okay. he, he's got first. I mean, he's got a big hit the other night. We're back, baby. Good for him. We're back. I see you, Ty. Um, all right. So uh, Ty's, Kaylee's got some competition. In the Austin Lane she does. fan club. Yeah, and then, and then meanwhile, Ronan's just the biggest Brett Martineau fan ever. If he ever gets drafted yeah, one drafted. day, Brett's going to be at the head table. I'm being the, 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 the nosebleeds, <laughs> just trying to get a picture of him. So, so right. yeah. Gotta, listen, my kids don't like me very much. I need Ronan to like me well, as much as possible. Mr. DeCompos, Brent, because uh, you're, you're like his hero. You're, <laughs> you're, you're like his Wolverine, basically, if he thinks you're uh, an action hero.
Just because just, just you're on TV every once in a while. As long as I'm not his Hawkeye. Yeah, don't be the Hawkeye. No. <laughs> we'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Check your brackets. We have a 12 over a 5. Richmond wins. And look out, Gonzaga. You better win. 6 o'clock, Action Sports Jacks OT coming up with Brian and Casey. And then right after that, NCAA tournament coverage all night long. We're your home for March Madness on ESPN 690. Fantastic win for us in the program. The guys fought hard. We knew that the game wasn't over at halftime because this is March Madness. We know that teams are going to always make runs. We know Boise is a great team. They're going to dig in. They've been in a bunch of close games all year. They've been playing well all year. Knew the game wasn't over. But we dug in deep and, and pulled out a great victory for our, our first you know, win of this, uh, this March Madness. That is Penny Hardaway. Hey, Casey, the Gators uh, interested in him at all? Hmm. I mean, hopefully. That'd be Coming an upgrade. back to the area, you know, Orlando Magic, all that stuff. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'd be with it. He's done a good job in Memphis. Um, you know, obviously, the farther they go, the more that'll come up in conversation. But, yeah, I think if somebody like that is interested, at the University of Florida has no reason to not be interested, but... Then we could it start the next 10-year run of the Florida coach maybe going through the Orlando Magic because uh, that happened with Billy Donovan like 15 times. In fact, he like took the job and then <laughs> didn't take the job. And Penny Hardaway, I think, wasn't he like highly in the mix of potentially getting the Orlando Magic job? Yeah, yeah, I think Recently? He, his name was uh, up in conversation for sure. And when you're a team that wins 19 games a year, you go through coaches pretty quick as a yeah, Magic. So. But, uh, yeah, Penny Hardaway, they're pretty interesting. I wonder about that. Uh, he's done a pretty good job over there at at Memphis. Um, all right, it's all about the bracket tonight, guys. And, again, we'll have the NCAA tournament uh, after Action Sports Jacks OT. Casey Kurtz, Brian Middleton uh, have that coming up immediately following. By the way, Middleton's a Carolina guy. So how does he feel about Deshaun Watson or even a Baker Mayfield? Casey and uh, Brian will have that discussion. But tonight we have a lot more games coming up. Where do you see an upset tonight, guys? Let's hopefully not uh, – Gonzaga hopefully isn't it. They're going to run away with this and win by 18 in the second half. Yeah. They're, They're now losing. They're losing. I didn't pick no Gonzaga. Brent, I'll tell you, you what. You winning at all, by the way, Casey. Eh, they're winning again. Uh, Tennessee. I've you have gone, Tennessee? I've yeah. Gonzaga, too, winning it all, Brent. So Who's in your Final Four, guys? I'm, I might be calling in. Um, the heck of a question. <laughs> I got Villanova, Gonzaga, UCLA, Villanova. and Kansas. Wow. Wow. That I think that's a different Final Four. I don't think too many people have Villanova. I don't think of all the number one seeds, I've heard Kansas is the one that a lot of people don't think yep. very highly of. This is true. And... And UCLA has been weird this year, right? They were all the way up to, like, number two, three in the country, and yeah. then they dropped down, like, all the way to 17, 18, something like that. So they're an interesting bunch. I have uh, Gonzaga, and I have Gonzaga winning it all. I have Tennessee in my Final Four. I really like this Tennessee team. I'm, I'm a big Rick Barnes fan anyway. It's a hot pick, And yeah. I have Auburn. Yep. Uh, and I have Purdue. I really like Purdue this year. And so then I got Gonzaga and Auburn in the championship oh. game in Gonzaga finally winning it. And really, the only reason I picked Gonzaga to win it is because I probably, if you go back over the last 15 years, picked Gonzaga like eight times to win it. <laughs> I'm the, I'm the I'm same way. Not, 
I'm just not going to be the guy that they finally win and I don't have it. No, for sure. I mean, I've been picking Gonzaga <laughs> since, like, Adam Morrison. So I'm hoping, like, yeah. this is the year, finally, that pick pays off for me. I agree. So where do we see an upset tonight? Can Indiana beat St. Mary's potentially? Yep. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I have them actually. I have Vermont over Arkansas, by the way, guys. Oh, that's and, bad. Uh, You'll be locked in at 940 tonight, Murray State oh, against know. San Francisco, which which actually has a chance to be the game of the night. No, it does. I mean, you know, th- these are two uh, highly touted teams with two teams that have very good guard play, and like, everyone's been talking about it. Uh, I am nervous about the spread. I thought Murray State would come out and, and be like a heavy favorite, and that's not the case at all. I'll be honest. I haven't watched any of San Fran this year play, so I have no idea what they're capable of. But uh, hopefully, yeah, exactly right. But hopefully it's a good game. It's going to be a late game. You know, it's going to be a rough morning tomorrow. Uh, but thankfully, I'll be in a corned beef uh, coma as well from St. Patty's Day. So it'll be a good time. <laughs> Happy St. Patty's Happy Day. Happy St. Patty's everybody. Day, yeah. 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 Action Sports Shacks OT coming up on uh, ESPN 690 until 630. Then we'll head off to the NCAA tournament. All those games. Uh, we'll keep you updated on all night long on ESPN 690, your home for March Madness. All right, Austin Lane, be careful of that gator as you walk into your car. Will do. Casey Kurtz, you probably take a different exit now because of the goose. Scared. Yeah, I'm parked down at the Wawa, so I just go out the, you know, <laughs> <my> TV. <laughs> That's not go close get a to the gator, by the way. <laughs> all right, Action Sports Shacks OT coming up next. Enjoy the night, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow at 3 on ESPN 690.